0: Hi. Hey. Uh, Hi. Hey.
1: hey. Oh, man. Dude, I got my lighting on fleek. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome.
0: The lighting is very good where you are. You have very good lighting. Dude, my lighting is on fleek fleek you're well lit people haven't said fleek for three to six years but that is what your lighting is dude i'm bringing that shit back that's good that's what we here's need.
1: what i like to do not use the thing when it's popular yeah wait for a year or two until like nobody's using it anymore and then just start ramming it down everybody's mind Holes. that
0: really is the that's the the demarcation of when you start feeling old is when that starts to happen phrases get popular and then you sort of feel a little behind the curve but then when you really feel old is when you no longer have any desire to learn what the thing is i don't no. even remember investigating that
1: here's what my son has stopped doing telling me anything that's not legal language like he he's the word drip in a sentence, and then I wouldn't stop saying drip for a week.
0: Yeah, that's how we got drippy. Yeah. So now he doesn't tell you what him and his friends say. No. He's learned. He's a smart kid. I don't recall having any those kinds of secrets from my parents, any type of secret language. We just sort of called things what they were. But if, we, if it was paraphernalia or subjects we didn't want our parents to know about, we just didn't talk about it. We didn't have any codes. I don't
1: believe. Uh, here's what I didn't do with my parents ever. Have a conversation ever. When my dad turned 70, we talked for five minutes. And then he remarked after that conversation, he was like, Oh, that's the longest we've ever talked. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, it is. And have we talked since that was eight years ago. Have we talked <laughs> since?
0: No. Because you were traumatized from that first five
1: minutes. No, it was enjoyable. I I kind of enjoyed it. But yeah, it's not what we do. And then I didn't know this, but my It turns out my dad's never been a hugger. And if you'd asked me, like, does your dad hug you, I'd have been like, yeah, of course. But it turns out he doesn't hug. And the reason I know it is because when I went to hug him, it was like hugging a boulder. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever hugged a boulder. There's not much give.
0: Right, right. It's cold. Yeah, often. I don't know what it's like to not be a hugger. I know these people. I know the people in life who... I'll, I can only assume they were never hugged as children. It's all I can oh, yeah. assume because I know people like your dad who are, who are sweet people that care about people. So there's no problem, but yeah, they're extremely uncomfortable with that kind of display of affection. And uh, you know, I'm not hugging strangers. I'm not like the guy that, you know, the guy on this that likes, there's always this guy somewhere in like a protest or something. He's giving away the free hug. He's got the free hug sign. I'm not that guy. I'm not good. No. My hugs aren't free, but if you have uh, earned the right to receive a hug from me or to hu- or to hug me, it's a nice warm hug. And I love hugging people.
1: There's no such thing
0: as a free hug. No, there's almost no such thing as a you free get, anything.
1: You get you get what you paid for. Right. Now, if you put in the time and the energy and the sadness and the heartbreak and the fucking all of it, yeah. You get a hug. But just some rando on the street? No. That ain't a free hug, dude.
0: There's some, something.
1: Some, <laughs> everything caught. Dude, S- somebody's got to pay somebody the piper. for that hug. You got to pay the piper for that hug.
0: Man, nothing's free. That's what's crazy. Ain't nothing free, dude.
1: Ain't nothing free. And everything's accounted for. That's where karma comes in. Like People are like, oh, karma. I don't believe in karma. Yeah, you don't. But you know who does believe in karma? Your subconscious. Because your subconscious is keeping track of everything that happens. Every little thing that you do or don't do, there's a little guy in your subconscious keeping track, like Santa. And at the end of the day, if the get is more than the give... Good luck sleeping unless you're a psychopath. If you're a psychopath, sweet dreams, fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking psychopath. But if you're a normal fucking human being,
0: <laughs>
1: you better be given if you want to be getting some solid z's. Dude, that's no all I'm saying. No one sleeps as soundly as
0: the psychopath. They are the soundest sleepers.
1: On God's planet, they, in some ways, might be the luckiest people in the world, dude. There's dead fossilized remains of dead children, inches from where they've laid their head on their pillow, <laughs> and they're and fine. They're sleep, they're sleeping soundly. <laughs> they're totally fine. They won. They won the. They won the lottery, dude. I accidentally get to my car with a stick of gum that I forgot to pay for at the register at the H E B. If I don't go back in and tell them that I found this in my cart and I need to pay for it.
0: Yeah, let me give you a breakdown of that. That's like for me. Here's me asking my wife if everything's cool. A microsecond of a pause before she goes, yeah, here's me. She hates me. She's leaving me. I'm a failure and nothing's ever going to work out for me ever. That's just yeah. if there's the slightest pause yeah. between the question and her saying, yeah, everything's
1: cool. Yeah. Cuz there's worst case scenario brain and then there's best case scenario brain. And my 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 dad best case scenario brain. He's always had it. My mom's got covid. My dad's living with her. My mom's 79, he's 78. Is he worried about covid? <laughs> he ain't worried about covid. Wow. Meanwhile, my mom's had covid for like almost 2 weeks. And I'm like, until you get a negative test result, you ain't coming over here. Right. Do I love my mama? Yeah. Do I want her to come over? Yeah. Do I want to get COVID? No. But Papa Papa Schneider, Bob Sr. is A-okay. He's A-okay. By the way, that's all the talk we will have in this show about COVID. I will say this. My mom's fine. She's doing great. Glad to hear that. Yeah. She's doing great. So on that note- Let me have a little delicious taste. You know
0: what? You've earned it. You have earned the lick Mm. of the uh, calorically deficit, the caloric deficit fake ice cream. You've earned a few sweet, succulent
1: licks of that cone. Guess what I found out about this ice cream that I'm eating? What? Keto. It's keto. Oh. Because there's no carbs and there's no anything. It's just made out of sponge. What What is this called? This stuff that you squeeze, stress squeezers i do not know i'm
0: afraid i do not have access to that information
1: let me put the stress squeezer away and let me get this delicious fresh ice cream cone that i just made mm. so good
0: i remember when we used to be on tour if we were on like a plane or something we would all race each other to do a crossword puzzle remember those days that's oh, what yeah. touring that's what touring's like
1: bro that's yeah touring people like. are think oh touring drugs wanton women celebrities no it's five nerds sitting in a van all doing the usa crossword puzzle trying to beat each other (laughs) yeah it really is that's what being in a rock band is dude i've been watching a lot of uh old-timey british shows
0: oh boy be still what's it called when
1: they're set when they're they're sat like in a time frame that's not ours period piece Yeah, so I've been watching some period piece British shit. Those are the worst. And dude, here's the (laughs) trope that they use on all of them. Yeah. All of those shows, anything before 1940, if it's set in any time period, when you want to show somebody that you're a baller, guess what you're bringing to the party? This. Dude, (laughs) when you show up with a pineapple in 1876, people are like, Oh, that mother that's like wearing a fucking hundred and fifty thousand dollar diamond necklace. People are like, oh, where'd you get that motherfucking pineapple? Siam? Guam? <laughs> because guess what they didn't have in fucking Londonderry in eighteen forty two or anywhere in the United States? Pineapples. It
0: would be baller to see like in Downton Abbey with all the shit going on, one of the main characters just plops down and takes out a knife and just starts carving a fucking
1: pineapple. That yellow would pop off that period piece screen. How about if you're just watching Downton Abbey and then somebody just opens up a Diet Pepsi? <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> I did see that Game of Thrones got some shit because in one of those last episodes <laughs> and some
0: big, very, you know, intense, you know, um, a very scene. Cr- critical scene. There's like a Starbucks cup sitting in the back because
1: someone <laughs> forgot to take us that tends to take you out of the mood they should start doing that for fun people aren't having enough fun i watched the. speaking of fun i watched the auschwitz report which is the oh the, barrel of uh, laughs the 2020 best film from poland for the foreign best foreign picture dude there's nothing i enjoy more than watching a damn concentration camp film to feel good about my situation
0: I actually have a friend who is a a normal person. He's not a racist. He's not fucked up. He's an artist, so he's he's fucked up the way you and I are. But he's a normal guy, loves people. He's a great guy. He kind of got hooked on this Auschwitz documentary where he kind of got – he fell asleep to it a few times watching it. And the narrator's voice is so soothing, kind of a Morgan Freeman style soothing narrator – And he was like, dude, I went through a period where I could only go to sleep if I was watching this Auschwitz documentary. I'm like, man, that
1: is really fucked up. That is really fucked up. I I wonder if it's the one called uh, Night Will Fall. I don't know. Do you know. know about this? No. So here's the story. So at the end of World War II, they sent in all these soldiers with video, with not video cameras, with film cameras. And they sent all how, these like, soldiers in with iPhones at the very end of the war. Right. Well, right. iPhone four, not the new ones, right, of course, right, right, It's 1944 for God's sakes. Right. Anyways, they send this, the reason that we have all this footage of, of world war two and very little footage of world war one is because we had these portable movie cameras and, and so they would send them in. And so when they went into the uh, concentration camps, these guys had, had uh, film cameras and they shot all of it. And it was so crazy the stuff that they were shooting in these concentration camps that the United States decided to put together a film about it because they were like, nobody's gonna believe this. That's so the Auschwitz report, which is the movie I watched last night, is about these two guys that escape from Auschwitz and go talk to the head of the resistance in Poland and tell tells him, hey, this is what's going on in Auschwitz. And the guy's like, that's not what's going on. We we have, you know. Nazi doctors who go there all the time. We send all this food there. We send all this relief. Everybody's fine. We have all these postcards from people saying they're fine. It's hard work. Nobody's happy to be there. They want to be home, but they're not. And that's just the way it is. So the idea was that people, the general population didn't know what was going on in these camps. Even once these guys escaped and, and told them. "So hey, we were there. We're watching people. We're watching tens of thousands of people getting murdered every day. So anyways, they they had all this footage from the concentration camps uh, that these guys took. And what they decided to do is they were going to make a movie uh, with all this footage because it was just crazy. And they hired Alfred Hitchcock, who was the biggest director at the time, to kind of put all this footage together and create this movie. What they found out almost immediately after the war ended was that there was going to be this Cold War and Germany was going to be part of the – Alliance. There was going to be this Cold War with Russia. And so America really needed Germany to be part of that alliance. They didn't want Germany going with Russia. They don't, you know, they don't want America to hate Germany. So what they did was they canned all this footage. And very little of it was allowed to leak. And and they mainly used it for the Nuremberg trials. Like they showed it all at the Nuremberg trials. And that's why those guys were immediately killed because they were like, oh. This is what went down and killed these motherfuckers. So all this footage was put away for 40 or 50 years. And then I don't know how many years ago, four or five years ago, 10 years ago, I don't know when it was, they decided to get all this footage back together and they created a documentary called Night Will Fall. And it's all this footage that I've never seen that's crazy. Just stacks of bodies. You've seen pictures of it here and there of the Holocaust, but I've never seen like color film of this shit. Is it's it is so it the, crazy?
0: Is it the footage that Alfred Hitchcock put together?
1: No. So he, th- no, they, the, the whole film thing got scrapped.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Because
1: they, they knew if they showed this that everybody was going to like, they were going to go, oh, these guys are monsters.
0: So someone like, took the raw, so someone took the sort of raw, buried, canned footage and edited together a documentary. And is there a narration?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's narration. And they talk about the original movie. They talk about how this footage was made. They talked about how it was. So it was, it, the documentary now is about everything, about why this hadn't come out until now. And, and Where can you seven, find this? It's not like a Netflix, I think. Dude, it's so crazy when you see it. Like your mind, at first, it's so horrific. And then your mind just starts, like you can't even think of this these images as as people like it's it's impossible for you to grasp that these are human beings yeah yeah, like your brain does a weird
0: trick or something well you have to you have to compartmentalize i think you have to do this every waking moment of your like if you really if you ponder just for a moment the amount of suffering that's possible in the world right now let alone world war ii you know concentration camps you can't we can't hold it in it's you know, we look
1: away. It's horrible, you know? And right, when you think of all the people that are dying right now. Right now. There's or- 100,000 people that are in their this, their, this is their last day of their life. And I'm not talking about pandemic. I'm talking about right. just every day that the world is, there's 100,000 people that are dying. Or consider, just consider what, just guess what the number of kids
0: in a in an untoward room are. You know what I mean? Just guess what that number is. Is it 100 kids? Is it 1,000 kids? Is it 10,000 kids? Yeah. And you really
1: can't I, how I many women how many women are being raped right right now in these the are, world and And I don't think these are like I don't think
0: these are necessarily too morbid to ponder thoughts. I mean, these thoughts give you a lot of perspective. and of course, watching a documentary like the one you're talking about, what it's supposed to do, what you're supposed to do is learn from shit like that so it doesn't happen again. And I don't know how much you want to get into this, but you know, you're watching the news, and one of these guys that was at the Capitol is wearing an Auschwitz camp shirt. And it gets real hard to tell yourself that this stuff is from a bygone era in the past where people were temporarily insane. You start to see that, well, that seems r- real present, real here, real right now, when you're watching that guy scream and shout about what he believes, which he's entitled to do. But when you're wearing a shirt like that and you're like, the same kind of compartmentalization starts to happen with me because I don't know how to move through a world like this. You know,
1: I have this weird thing when I see like that, that Auschwitz report, when I, I mean, obviously these are the same human beings that are living right now that, that committed these terrible, terrible atrocities. Um, so it's not like they're different people like oh those were different people and we're right. different people now no this is we're all human beings and this is what we are capable of as human beings there's nothing that we're not capable of uh in terms of good and bad but i will say this when i see the stuff that went down on Capitol Hill or wherever, and then I compare it to something like Auschwitz or World War II or uh it really makes me understand like how kind of different they are. Like I I know that you're seeing the similarities between the two, but I see how different the world is in terms of like, we are so everything's so magnified, and everything's so studied and looked at all the time in such a immediate sort of way. Like, I don't know if we could get to what happened in World War II in today's world. well, it's it's sort of
0: a an unfortunate hallmark of the <clears throat> hysterical left, and has been for a while to i think in a really cavalier and uncool way use words like nazi against oh, yeah. conservative people like that's something that i'm fed up with and i think has been gross for a long time however it's it's not easy for me to keep making that case when these people are wearing Auschwitz shirts and wearing shirts right. that say 6mwe which stands for 6 million weren't enough like these are neo nazis now that's just two guys that I saw wearing that kind of, wearing those kinds of advertisements, those kinds of ideological, and they were proud of them. By the way, they wore those shirts for a reason to that event, right? And I got to say, that's hard to defend. That's hard for me to say liberals are hysterical for drawing correlations when the loud voices over there are unashamedly wearing symbols that harken back to those times. So that's that's dicey, man. I wish it weren't so. Right. I see those people and I just can't even fucking believe it, man. I can't even fuck. I can fathom, you and I have talked about this for weeks. I can fathom my neighbor who sees the world differently than me. I can fathom it. Our neighbor, Jim, who we like, is very different than us. And we have occasionally, at our mailboxes, had conversations that display the fact that we see the world very differently and at the end of the day we like jim he's our neighbor he looks out for us we look out for him he took care of a lot of shit around our house that got dicey while we were out of town etc all of that is fathomable for me and really helps me and and my conversations with you have really helped me about that but the guy wearing the auschwitz shirt oh buddy i don't know a path to that guy for
1: me there's no path that guy he's out he's out that guy's out. He's that guy's out, out. that motherfucker. <laughs> God <laughs> damn mean, it. When you're wearing an Auschwitz shirt,
0: bye-bye. And I feel like if I were Jim, if I were a guy like Jim, okay? Now, Jim's older. He's not super healthy. He's not going to go to the Capitol. But if I am a young guy that really believes that my democracy is being stolen and I'm really upset the way that some of these people, they're not all this guy, this Auschwitz guy, okay? A lot of them are hardworking, normal people who really care about their families. But if I'm on that team and I see Auschwitz guy, I'm not feeling real good about that. I'm not feeling real good about the people on my team representing that shit. And I don't yeah, know but, why know more of those people don't kick those
1: people's asses. I don't get it. And it's because well, it seems like it, that's but the, the, the Auschwitz guy's not on Jim's team. He's not on Jim's team. He may he they may be Republicans. They're both Republicans, but they're not on the same team. That's not the same Republican team. That's de- those, those are two. They're, 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 it's a Venn diagram. and Auschwitz guy, the Venn diagram with him is hardcore racist and Republican. And maybe they're overlapping quite a bit. And your yeah, friend sure. Jim is Republican. Maybe there's a sliver of racism there, but it's not like who he is. Like yeah. this Auschwitz guy, he's 100% racist. So, and, uh, anyways, it's very, there's, gradients in all of it. Obviously.
0: Dude, you want to hear some crazy shit? So the country guy I used to play for, we were playing some redneck, shitty redneck show somewhere, and it was like a biker bar, okay, like a roadhouse, which is fine. I've had a lot of good times at those places playing music for beautiful people who love country music. So okay, so all that is fine. Well, they were set, they had this thing of jewelry set. We played like in a big parking lot. They'd put up a stage outside type thing. They were selling a bunch of like biker paraphernalia and jewelry and shit. And I like myself a skull ring or two. My dream is to have a skull ring for every finger and to be able to wear them with with impunity anywhere I go. I want to be so famous that I can wear a, a Slayer t-shirt and a skull ring on every finger to a fucking charity golf event with Tiger Woods. And everyone's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Clint's cool. He's... He's great. So I'm perusing the skull rings and they have a few um, swastika rings for sale. Yikes. To which I'm saying to the person selling them, I w- I confronted them and I said, why are you selling those? What's up with this? Flabbergasted person behind the counter. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's just a symbol, you know, and I was like, man, you really shouldn't be selling these. You know, this represents, this is a symbol of representation that really hurts a lot of people and it's disgusting and you really should not be selling this that got back to our booking agent and our management and they tried to give me shit for saying that can you imagine that because the promoter got the promoter got real upset about me saying hey the, the swastika rings at the show i'm playing aren't cool bro and you really shouldn't be selling them. I didn't storm off. I didn't refuse to play. I was there to work. I was working for my boss. But I did say like, hey, this isn't cool. This is really offensive. FYI. And I, I had gotten in trouble
1: with our management for saying that. This was last year. There's that thing. It's the reason I didn't like high school, dude. I hated high school because I was around people in high school who I despised. There were people... They were straight-up racists. They were mean, terrible, horrible people. And I had to be around them, and I had to see them every day. And I'm not a fighter. I was real tiny in high school. When I graduated from high school, I was 5'4". I was the youngest, smallest kid in my class. Didn't fight. Kind of lippy. Bit of a smart aleck. Bit of a mm-hmm. teacher's pet. The only people I liked <laughs> in school were teachers. I didn't like mm. any of the students because they're all dumb, fucking motherfuckers for the most part 90 percent, and i hated it i hated being around those people they would say horrible things they would say horrible racist sexist misogynistic bullshit but here's what i never did dude i was never like hey dude uh, that's not cool dude you know why because i'd be fucking immediately pulverized by these yeah, yeah. psychos the,
0: the rules are different in school in school you're surviving i was right, in a position but, where but, i wasn't having to survive this person wasn't going
1: to beat me up and i wasn't going to yeah, yeah. beat them up it was simply right. you th- they needed- you thought you were living you thought at that point you were in the adult world where people can say their speak their mind but you weren't you were back in I, high school dude Well, I felt- Dude, you were back in high school. (laughs) I just felt- They tried to put you back in high school, dude.
0: I felt morally obligated to say something because you have to let people know that in the world they coast through and live in, that they can't, there are social consequences. And I don't mean they should go to jail. I'm not calling for any legal ramifications, but there are social consequences to how you behave, what you believe, what you say, what you do, what you sell we live in a world with people and you can believe whatever you want you believe whatever the fuck you want but you're going to have to deal with someone on the other side of that belief if you're publicly spouting it who may disagree and that's that's called wearing big boy pants baby that's what we do here we get you outfitted for the big boy pants we let you try them on we got the tape measure out we don't play with your dick and balls we're not looking for any hanky panky we just want to get those pants on you zip Let's end by saying this. Obviously, this is an entertainment podcast, but shit goes on in the world. I do think it's important that we, time to time, make it clear where we stand on some issues, and we did that just now, and I'm proud of it. And now we can move back on to the zippity-doo-dahs. Well,
1: yeah, of course. I mean, come on, people. Here's the thing, dude. Put yourself in that other person's shoes put yourself in somebody else's shoes. The person that you hate, put in put yourself in their their shoes. That's what I try to do all the time. I get it. Like some people are just dumb though, dude. Some people are dumb. They're just dumb. They're dumb and they're afraid. They're stupid and they're afraid and it comes out as angry and violent.
0: I'm going to tell a story they're hurt. about that. Yeah. They're
1: hurt, angry, yeah. scared people and they do a lot of harm.
0: I'm going to tell a story about an interaction I had with a country fan at a gig that perfectly exemplifies that combination.
1: Dude, it and, sounds uh, like we're. It sounds like the Secret Weekly this week's also going to be a little psychodrama. <laughs> so get ready, everybody, because we're about to go into the Secret Weekly slash free therapy. Do you want to spend $300 going to see a registered psychiatrist or... Therapist to deal with your problems, or do you want to join the I'm okay Patreon for five dollars or more a month at patreon.com backslash I okay and get get yourself fucking right. Get right today and save two hundred and ninety-five dollars. That's what you want to do.
0: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And with that, we will bid you babies adieu. And we'll see you in a couple of days back here on the regularly scheduled program of "I Okay, You Okay, I Not Okay." Or if you're on
1: our Patreon, we'll see you in about three seconds when you when you go to the Secret Weekly and hang out with us there.
0: All right, babies, be good. Bye.
1: Bye.